What's going on, everybody? Welcome in Thursday episode. Wade's and Kenna, Connor O'Neill here. Hope you enjoyed the episode on Tuesday. A little bonus episode from Daft. Braden Stachel, Reddit CFL, was kind enough to show up and hang out with us and then willing enough to uh, jump on and actually speak to us on mic. Uh, it was great. Great to see him. Always great to you know talk with him. So that was a lot of fun. Again, thank you to Daft Brewing for hosting us there as well. Uh, and check out the go back and check out the episode with Daft's Damien and of course BC Lions offensive line Andrew Pearson. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun there. Absolutely, but uh, we are less than a week out from the CFL draft. Our oh, pinnacle man. day of the year, Connor. We have the second edition of the top one hundred draft 100 to go through man i'm excited yeah we've got man. uh we've got a lot of changes that a lot of guys bumped up uh some guys slid a lot uh but some guys have moved all the way up the rankings uh the big thing for me with the draft 100 is we have the nfl draft coming up this well today as well uh next three days Expect to see John Mechie the third. Expect to see Jesse Lucetta. So, spoiler alert, there are top two picks for that reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the, like, what, what do we always say, right? Like, the see and never guys. The see and never yeah. guys. Like, um, Our top spots are always reserved for the see and never players. Uh, but before, like, before we move on with Lucetta and Mechie, though, I do want to ask you, like, realistically, how high do you think these guys could go? Where do you see them in the NFL draft? I guess because it is coming up today, right? Like I'm going to cry over Aiden Hutchinson not going to the Lions, but I can be happy about maybe optimistic about uh, Lucetta Mechie being day two guys. I I think they absolutely could be day two. Um, I'm seeing more stuff pointing to Lucetta maybe being an early day three guy, but Mechie for sure on day two. Uh, that second third round range. I mean, the Ravens have like a million picks on day two. Oh, um, you're such a homer. You're such a homer. Oh, hey, dude. But like, hey, 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 here, like, here, here's my thing. Like, the Lions have five picks in the top 100. They're the closest team. The to Ravens the border. have 10 picks in the first four rounds. <laughs> wow. Five picks <laughs> in the top 100. They are done after round four. <laughs> yeah, no back end picks, eh? No, everything's up top, and they'll probably use that to jump up and get some higher guys or trade back and get more low-end value. You have but, so many uh, wide receivers on roster. You don't need John Mechie. Leave it to the guys who do. No, 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 no. But listen, Hollywood Brown has been very ambiguous this offseason about the Ravens and his professional football team. He's up for a contract in a couple years. Which is why he's being ambiguous. He wants the extension. Okay. Draft John Mechie. Put the pressure back on him to perform. Yeah, Come on, I guess, stay healthy I guess. for a season, and then ah. maybe we'll talk extension. You add John Mechie to that with Rashad Bateman, who's been working. I was going to say, just start throwing the ball day. to Bateman more. Bateman's been working out with Lamar every single day. You know that connection is going to be there. So, well, then what are you, what about your guy out of OK OK State that they drafted? Tylen Wallace. He'll be yeah, he'll, be, he'll probably be the fourth receiver this year. Okay. Okay. So you're telling me, on top of all that, you want John Mechie as well. Yes, I selfish. want John Mechie to be the number three receiver. Yes, You're selfish. No, I'm not. That's selfish. You serious? You want Aiden Hutchinson just because he went to U Michigan? <laughs> That's not true at all. The Lions also need front end defensive pressure. Trey Flowers has been an okay, absolute. Okay, then, then get Kayvon Thibodeau. Mediocre. You tell me that Kayvon Thibodeau is better than Aiden Hutchinson. I'm saying stop complaining if you get one of them. 
Well, I just hope Jacksonville is dumb enough to go with Walker. So, no, they're probably. Gonna, I think they're going to go offensive line. I, I really don't think do. so. I, I I think Jacksonville is just going to do the smart thing and take. I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess protect your assets. You don't want Trevor Lawrence running for his life, but we'll see. It's interesting. All, right, All the, I'm saying uh, is third... I'll be ecstatic. But let's get back to the CFL draft here. The uh, Well, the third guy that I was going to mention with the NFL stuff would be Trey Ford. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Possibility he goes in the seventh round. Most likely he gets a shot as an undrafted free agent to some team. So keep your eye Saturday afternoon. Uh, really look for that news and where he is sliding into. Um, but let's start. We've got 100 players. 100 to 1 is the order we are going to go in. Uh, first 10 players, 100, Dante Master Giuseppe, 99, Justin Julian, 98, Dixon Desi, Cedric Levine, Joel Braden, Tristan Fleury, Luca Velour, Nate Durkin, Blake Zerubiak, Mike Pizzuto. Connor, who's your guy? I am going to the kicker position. I am going with Dante Master Giuseppe off this back end. Uh, I, I don't know, man, like just consistency and then power. I don't know. I'm going to throw a little shout out to Dante Master Giuseppe on the back end of this top 100 here. All right. 90 to 81. Bert, Connor Burtonshaw, Jacob Salvale, Connor Ross, David Adenaran, Nick Peterman, Cole Estabrooks, Barnaby Neal, Marcel Aruda Welch, Isaac Fagnon, Sandor Maud from Carlton. Uh, I, I'm a really big fan of a guy like Cole Estabrooks. Real, he had a good testing day. He's had a limited production in his career because he had to play behind Dale Wright. That's not a fault of his own. He's still a great runner, willing blocker, able to put it in on special teams as well. So um, I expect him to get a, a camp invite, certainly have a shot at the CFL after the draft. Yeah, he's a guy that, like, anytime we mention on Twitter, our guy Ray Perkin out on the AUS, AUS side of things is always in the mentions talking about Esther Brooks. Uh, intriguing prospect for sure. I think uh, I think he's got a lot to prove, but I think he he will get a special teams look at the very worst. Um, my guy in this this round of or this group of guys is is Nick Peterman. I thought he had a really impressive regional combine. Uh, he didn't get invited to the national, but it's tough. They only invite what four or five guys at most. Uh, that was a smaller group too, so I think they only took four guys out of that one. But uh, Peterman impressed. He's a really clean route runner, really crisp. Um, <laughs> Marsh said it. I'll say it again. He looks exactly like his brother. Uh, he's already in the CFL. So um, they're familiar with the um, with the Peterman bloodline, I guess I'll say. So uh, he was intriguing. I might earn himself a, at least a, a camp look. All right. Uh, you want to take the next 10? Yeah, we got Connor Caracello, uh, Alessandro Molnar, Nolan Lovegrove, Shamari Hutchinson, Eric Strands, Justice Allen, Jackson Cirolo. Charles Lavalle, Max Durich, and Daniel Valenti from Western, Banya Cup champ. I'm sticking with Justice Allen on this one. He he had a, a tough end to his combine, uh, getting injured in the one-on-ones. But he was showing not only that, kind of like what Adam Macker did at the National Combine, where wasn't the greatest in pass pro, but he's putting it in there every time. He's willing to go out and make that effort to block. And that shows that he's going to be coachable in it. He was getting coaching points from Chris Bertoia as they went through the day. Um, and then you add what he can do in the return game in the open field with the ball in his hands. Exciting prospect for sure. And he certainly has put in the work 
in his career to demonstrate that on film too. Yeah, I'm going to double down on that. Uh, I like the jet. I like the Justice Allen pick here. Uh, everything you said, the versatility, you know, his willingness, and and I liked what you said about uh, his blocking ability, right? Like it wasn't necessarily that he was an outstanding blocker, but he was engaging contact, and he showed that he wanted the contact every single time. So you're right, coachability is there as well. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the coaches over at Mac will be sticking their necks out for a guy like Justice Allen. Uh, he's proven it on tape, and I just hope he gets a shot. Next group of guys, Andy Genois, 70, Donovan Bergmeier, Anthony Leclerc, Xavier Thibault, Matt Lassician, Mason Nias, Derek Achimpong, Chase Arsenault, Rashid Tucker, and Daniel Cuemu from UBC. This is a tough one, dude. There's a lot of guys to like in this run of 70 to 61, and it feels weird to say that this is the group of 70-61 because tons of talent here, but... Um, I don't know. I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't go with, with our guy Rashid Tucker here in this group. Uh, it's tough for Canadian running backs, but as, as we've said in the past, there is openings in the CFL, right? Like spots are coming up. He's a shorter guy, which is, is tough. Um, pass pro looked, looked a little shaky, looked a little shaky, but athleticism, ball carrying ability. Um, I like Rashid Tucker speed athleticism. I think, I think he at least gets a, a look. Somebody at least takes a peek. We'll see. But um, yeah, I do want to see if there's anything I want to see. I want to see the improved pass, bro. I'm interested in Chase Arsenal in this group. Big body, move tight end, uh, limited in the pass game at his time at Mac. But as we talked to Corey Grant about that, it's not because he wasn't open or he wasn't getting downfield. It's just where the play was going, how they used him. They could put him out at out at Zed out the far side they could put him R anywhere in between he would be able to make plays uh it's just he did everything the offense required blocking route running catching the ball and he shows it on special teams as well so I think Chase Arsenal late round value pick uh whatever team gets him is going to get a teamer through and through and someone they can kind of build into a role player on their offense I don't want to, before we jump into the next group of 10 here I don't want to like keep copping out on this comparison but like I just want to reiterate that there is availability and necessity for this position with teams like to throw it back to Nikola Klinich. I know he's our like Keaton Brugling well, is our guy. All you, have for, to say, all you have to say is last year's number one pick, Jake Burr. Jake Burr, right? He was the, the replacement for like I, I totally think that was a futures move. I've said it once, I'll <laughs> say it again. Like they knew that Klinich was getting NFL interest, NFL looks. They probably assumed by the end of 2022 he'd be on his way out at least to a camp with an NFL team, right? So like, why not just bring in a guy who's going to be able to do exactly that? And it's such a huge position in CFL offenses for blocking, for getting downfield, for getting guys open on little flare routes too, right? So uh, yeah, no, it is, it is. If you have a guy with size and ability and athleticism, like a Chase Arsenal, like a Keaton Brugling, like it's huge. So uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm super interested in Chase Arsenal as well. Next group of 10 though, Gordon Lamb, the wide receiver out of Waterloo, J.P. Simikinda, Dimitri Sinodinos, who blew the combine up as a quarterback, uh, Jacob Butler out of Queens, Kadeem Pierre, Nate Edwards, Jacob Plamondon, Sabomi Oyasoro, Ryder Varga, David Soli, the kicker from Saskatchewan. I to, can I double down on kickers in this group? I'll pick somebody else. You can else. because of the Just testing know. numbers with David Soli. But, Just uh, no. If you want to take them, I'll, I'll let you take David Soli. <laughs> No, uh, I <laughs> we honorable mention David Soli because his testing numbers were ridiculous. 
Honorable mention, David Soley. Now I'm going Ryder Varga. He's a guy. I think yeah. he's a multiple time academic All Canadian. Uh, he's a quick linebacker who can definitely fill in the box. Uh, a plus special teams value coming into the sixth, seventh round here as we go through the CFL draft. I think um, certainly a, a team is going to benefit from having an intellectual player like that on their roster, willing to put in time and effort, and also have the skill to contribute down the line as a member of the defense. I'm with you. I'm with you. He was very impressive at the national combine as well. Uh, I'm going to stay in conference, just move one province over. I'm going with Sabomi Oyasoro off this list. I uh, did a lot of things that really impressed me in coverage at the combine. Uh, another guy that just moves, moves well for his size. Maybe I'd like to see him loosen the hips up a little bit more, but you know, I, I think he's a guy that could do some special teams damage and that's really what these, you know, back end picks are about. And I think he is in that like round five, six range for one of the, one of the West coast teams, but intriguing prospect to me for sure. All right. Top Those dinos, time. man. Those dinos. Top 50 time. We've got Wesley Apollon, Eric Sutton, Cole Adamson, Vincent Forbes, Montblanc, Fred Eviard, Nicholas Guy, Reese Jean Giraud, Riley Borsma, Jared Beeksma, and John Edward. This is a group full of A++ testers. Uh, Vincent Forbes, Montblanc is one. Reese Jean Giraud, People did not expect him to have the day he did at the East Combine. It gave him at birth at the National, and he took full advantage of that. Jared Beeksman, another guy that was, and Riley Borisman, all three of those, 42 through four, were regional guys that got the bump up to the next level. Man, loaded, loaded list here. This group, this draft just feels heavy with talent here. I don't know if it's just because, you know, some guys chose to go back and now it's a little bit more of a loaded class or what it is. But uh, in this group, in the top 50 group, I am going with Vincent Forbes Montblanc as my guy. Like you said, absolutely took advantage of, of all of the testing that he did, earned an invite to the National Combine. And then once he got to the National Combine, when he was in one-on-one situations, when we saw him route running, outside of, you know, your Phil Potts, obviously, and, and those types of wide receivers, like I really thought, Gavin Cobb and Vincent Forbes Montblanc were two of the best route runners out on the field. Uh, just the way they use their stem, the way they, you know, were able to maneuver their body, manipulate their body to move some of these DBs off their, off their shades was, was really well done. So he did a good job of stacking DBs when he did get separation as well. So Vincent Forbes Montblanc out of Laval, typical Laval guy, uh, peaking, peaking interest. So yeah, he's my guy, I think in this, in this group. See, I'm torn because John Edward is, to me, the A-class special teamer. But yep. there's a guy sitting here from your University of Ottawa, GG's. Fred Eviard, receiver, Dude. turned D-end. There's been talk about him as the sleeper of the draft, but, you know, the not-so-sleeper that everyone's talking about. Uh, he's a freak. He's got the frame to build on. He's got the skill set to have a chance at the CFL already. So he's clearly developed well enough at Ottawa sky's the limit for a guy like Fred. Um, to me, I, I just see so much value in him. You could put him on punt, punt, return, kickoff, kick, return, field goal. You can do every single special team with him. And as a national guy that provides you with so much roster flexibility, I really think Fred's going to get snatched up here in the mid rounds and a team's just going to be 
happy as can be with him. Yeah, there's so much to love about Fred. I mean, the length, the burst, the speed, the athleticism, say what you will. But uh, yeah, not so sleeper of this draft for sure. Uh, I'm glad you picked a Gigi over the Raven as well. Uh, I mean, no, shout out, shout out John Edward. He is uh, an absolute dog on, on teams as well. But let's get into this next run of 10. We're going 40 to 31, starting at 40 with Chris Sigano from the University of Ottawa, Keandre Smith, Diego Alatore, Woodley, Apollon, Gavin Cobb, Michael Broderick, Adam Macar, Zach Herzog, Enoch Penny Lorea, who absolutely exploded at both the regional and national combine as well, put the world on notice. And Brandon Gandier, who looked phenomenal in coverage as well. Uh, you got a guy in this this run of ten. I know you like Gavin Cobb, so I'm going to leave him up for you. Uh, I I don't think I'm going Gavin Cobb. If you want to take him, go ahead. I, I'll go Gavin Cobb. I mean, okay. he, he tested through the roof. You saw the rare running. You were posting a bunch of it on your social media accounts. Um, he has all of the tools that you want in a receiver. Obviously, the only knock on him is the height. But as a receiver, there's ways for you to get open without needing to be 6'2", 6'1". Uh, I think Gavin Cobb is going to be kind of pushed to this 30-45 range in the draft. but it, a team is going to pick him up. They're going to take him kind of like what you saw with Colton Clawson. A team's going to take a chance like Montreal did bring him in and just see how he competes against them in camp. If you need to use a year back at Manitoba, fine. I'll be it. But for Gavin Cobb, he's put in a body of work that just screams. He's going to be drafted. I think he's deserving of this top 40 spot on our draft 100. Uh, excited to see where he goes in the next week. Winnipeg. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna say, yeah, I think he's gonna stay at home. Yeah, yeah. Somehow they're gonna get kind of like Nick Dembski. I always yeah. just revert like that. To me, is just the ultimate utility knife of a receiver. Oh, is the Nick Dembski stamp? So much fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> somehow, some way, somehow, I think Gavin Cobb's ending up in uh, in the blue and gold. I am going. I see. I really wanted to take Fred, so I'm glad that you did because I didn't want to sound like a homer going with back-to-back GGs, but I'm going with Chris Sigano in this one. Um, in the one-on-ones, he looked so smooth in coverage. His length and ability to cover the field was undeniable. I mean, even when he was caught out of position by a route, he was able to make up for it because his makeup speed was incredible. He's got so much length, so much stride, so much burst coming out of his breaks. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought he really improved his stock. I really liked everything I saw from him, uh, you know, especially in the one-on-one period. He made a, a couple, you know, really nice breaks on, on some balls, made some really nice plays. To me, Chris, Chris is a, is a very interesting guy because he shows – it's weird that he plays field half, right? Because he's so long, yeah. but he plays it so well. And I mean, he iced the playoff game with a pick six, like he tracks down an out route, uses the length, breaks on a guy and just see you later. You're not catching him. You know, uh, you know what other Gigi who is now a Montreal Alouette spent some time playing in the field half spot. Oh, <laughs> a guy by the name of Ty Cranston. Is he not with the red blacks now? Well, he is with the red, red, red blacks now, but, um, Montreal pick right so does this feel like a an, another Montreal pick another and to add to that Connor <laughs> he is in fact from La Belle Province so you talk about Montreal they've made a uh, a point of drafting French players and guys from the RSEC 
this could be one of their slots. I'm saying, I'm saying like a fifth, sixth round pick, seventh round pick, maybe. Oh, maybe we'll see. That's a little, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But um, yeah, I just didn't want to, didn't want to be a homer doubling down on GG's here. So I'm glad you took Fred, took Fred in the, uh, in the 50 to 50 to 41 range. Uh, We're going to move into the top 30. We're going to start doing two guys each. It's going to start getting uh, real hard, dude. Top 10. Uh, Shaq St. Laud at number 30, tough with injuries, but the body of work he's put together at Maine. That's and the sole reason right there that you want to go two guys each. Eh? You just want to make sure that. <laughs> no, there's other guys. As Josh he's running, no. 29, uh, Adrian Green, 28, Riley Pickett, 27, Philippe Lemieux Cardinal, Braden Noel, Keaton Brugling, Gregor McKellar, Jaden Dalkey, Tommy Bringy. Sorry, go there's your other reason. There's your other reason. I'll let you go, go first. <laughs> well, I want to talk about Braden Knoll. I mean, a yeah, 6'5 yeah, yeah, guard yeah. who moves and looks like a CFL tackle. I mean, this guy, we did not have him on our radar at the last top 100. He kind of messaged us after the combine because we were we had put out the spider graph. And he was like, does this mean I get to be in the top 100? Yes. Yes, it Dude. does. You are all the way up at number 25. <laughs> We uh we heard from Coach Michael Falls last year that there always seems to be a Laurier Golden Hawk going in the draft. Braden Knoll will most certainly add to that. Uh, I fully expect Tommy Bringy to as well. But they've got two guys now. So uh, that's my first is Braden Knoll. So go ahead with your guy. Yeah, uh, Braden Knoll, man, super intriguing. And in the one-on-one period, did himself a bunch of favors. Absolutely showed out there. My guy off this list, I don't know, man. It is tough. It's starting to get so hard to pick guys right now. Um, but one guy I really want to spotlight is Joshua Archibald from McGill. He looked super impressive in the one-on-one period, uh, knifing through the gaps really nicely. Um, he can do a ton of different things now. Again, the only the only knock on him, I guess, is maybe he's a little lean, but he did go into the combine intentionally dropping some weight. So uh, he dropped weight and still showed out against some of the best offensive linemen in the country and did so against, you know, the likes of Vanier Cup, Vanier Cup champion, Zach Fry. With Archibald, like he is an interior guy, but he showed that he can play that three tech spot or the three, four end where you have to be flexible in that B gap, C gap, or even knife to the A if you need it. Uh, very impressive for me. I mean, French, um, come on. <laughs> there's, there's teams... I wish we had another team in Quebec because it seems that all of the French players that Montreal wants so badly are all going to be in the front half of this draft that they're going to have to make some picks on. I don't know, man. Did you see? Uh, did you see Marsh had a mock to Hamilton as yeah, the I didn't like? See that. <laughs> but you know that the Owls want him because. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. This is the this is the joke that is never going to end with us, and I'm sorry to our listeners that you guys have to put up with it. But well, here's here's the other thing that to like double down on this. He is a McGill Redbird. I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Redbird Alouette. I don't know, man. Same stadium, Connor. <laughs> Literally walk across the hall. You don't have to move out of your house. Kind of change. <laughs> Does he just like keep his locker? No, no. <laughs> um but uh but now let's let's go to our second guys this one's tough for me because i i really want Jaden dalkey here i'm going with it yeah uh he was injured still recovering from it uh so he was not able to change the direction stuff but Jaden dalkey's a freak 
this guy gets the ball. He gets in position to break out plays. He has the physicality to do so, the size to do so in the run game as well. Um, to me, he's an all-around asset. You can put him on special teams. He's going to dominate there for you too. We were bummed last year when we found out that he had deferred. This year, there is no deferral. He is all the way in, and I think that he's going to have a big day whenever he gets into a camp. He's just going to start lighting people up, pushing people around um, if he's healthy to do so, that is. But I'm I'm keeping him as my guy in this section of players. We have him still in the tw- top 30. We had to move him out because of the injury and because of other performances, but Jaden Dalkey. Yeah, I, I really like everything about Jaden Dalkey. If you even have any inklings of a doubt about what type of player Dalkey is, go just go watch some Alberta tape. Just go watch some Golden Bears tape. Uh, it's very impressive. My guy in this group, I mean, I think by this point, in no disrespect, this is like totally a compliment. By this point, I think we've talked enough about Keaton Brugling, right? Like, am, am I safe to say that? Like, we love yeah, him. That's what, what more can we do. say? Like, <laughs> What more can we say? We absolutely love everything there is about this type of player. But so I'm going to I'm gonna switch it up, go with a little bit different player. Again, I mean, this one might be obvious. I did tweet out some of his tape as well. Adrian Green, the DB out of St. Mary's, uh, had a super impressive regional combine. Absolutely locked down almost every receiver that he matched up against. Then went out and did the exact same thing at the national level. Um, he had a really nice rep. It's unfortunate. I think the uh, the camera got cut off on the rep that I tweeted out, but he was mm-hmm. in phase with uh, one of the Philpop brothers, the entire rep. It was super nice. And then he had another one. Uh, it was just a great throw by Olivier Walk, but like he was in stride <laughs> with, with Vincent Forbes' mom below. And, and like, again, great coverage, stayed super patient, got on top of the route. Um, but yeah, no, no, Olivier Walk just dropped a bucket it was a great throw uh nothing you could do on that but uh Adrian the reason Green, why he was at the national combine as a yeah. true freshman oh it was, that, it was such a treat to watch olivier Wah throw the ball in person it was crazy um but yeah no adrian green dude like he he can play multiple positions he lined up multiple positions across the defense uh i like adrian green a lot i think he's you know tenacious i don't think he cares what he's asked to do he's just gonna go out and you know he Every every single rep to him doesn't matter what he's doing is a one on one, and he's his mindset is to just win that rep. And my favorite thing with prospects now is the positionless basketball reference we always bring up. And at it, DB, yeah. you can really see it with a guy like Adrian Green or a guy like Chris Sigano or a guy like Jaden Dalkey, where they have the speed, the athleticism to play at the corner, they have the range to play at safety, they have the size and willingness to tackle to come in and play down at half and a lot of the guys you see above this the guys like Enoch McConzo who we'll get to in the list they fit that mold and that's such a big asset to have and with Adrian Green he just showed it twice regional combine national combine said line me up anywhere he even told us like I don't care where my rep is I'm going to come out I'm still going to cover you so to me it doesn't matter guys are trying to get corner half safety kind of see like where they can show different aspects of their game he's just like I'll just take a rep I'll just go line up whatever line's shortest I'm going to go in because it means I'm getting another rep. Yeah. Um, I, I was thrilled by that answer to, from him, and he backed it up again at the National Combine, yeah. like you said, covering down some of the best guys in the country. Yeah. No, and I, I like – to your point about the positionless basketball thing, like I know it gets applied to offense more so, but I think in the Canadian game, especially in the Canadian game, the positionless basketball thing 
really apply to the back end of your defense because there's so much movement, so much freedom uh, that you're allowed to play with. But let's get into the next group of 10 here. We are into the top 20. Um, picks are starting to get real hard. There's a ton of guys. Nathan Cherry to start us off at 20. Cyril Hogan St. Don, Josiah Shackle, Zach Fry, Daniel Adeboye, Rodine Brown, who impressed everybody at the combine, <laughs> Anthony Federico, Zach Pelio showed out, Peter Kazushka, who we've been on for ages now, and Tyrell Ford bringing us in here at 11. I'm going Josiah Shackle to start. I will, I will admit, I have watched tape of Shackle. I have watched him run. I have watched him walk. Just watched him move around, and he looks so darn robotic. But then all of a sudden, you put on pads, and he wins a rep. Then he wins another rep. Then he wins another rep. And he keeps stacking these Ws. And to me, I'm like, he may be robotic, but he's still fast. He's still strong. He can still win pass rush. He can still win in coverage. He has experience playing coverage at half. He has experience playing at linebacker. I'm, I'm like trying to just fight my natural urges to be like, well, robotic body, maybe it might lead to more injuries. I'm like, who cares? This guy's a football player through and through. He's a great one at that. Number 18 in the final rankings for us. I'm a fan of Josiah Shackle. I would love to see him stay in green and gold and move across the city. Um, I don't know if they get that chance, though. When he eventually breaks out as the player that, you know, we're, you're hoping, I'm hoping he is, to your robot reference, I'm absolutely just going to keep referring to him as the Terminator. Be it. Be the Terminator then. Go and be awesome. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm, when I when that see, happens. I just see robotic. I just see robotic body, and I'm like, this. This is usually what happens with guys that are injury prone, right? Is they have this robotic, not overly flexible, not overly movement, too rigid. But he just, as soon as he starts to go in a football setting, it's like all that just goes away. Yeah, just makes plays. Done. It's it just reappears. I don't understand it. It doesn't make much sense. But I'm. All in All on the Josiah Shackle train. Uh, I think he comes in as what one, two. I think he comes in as linebacker number three beside Tyrell Richards, who's going to be the number one pick, and Jesse Lucetta, who's going to the NFL. So not uh, bad, not bad, not bad company. <laughs> I am, I am all in on the uh, Josiah Shackle robotic train now. Man. Great player to watch. Uh, super excited. I'm going to keep my pick in the Can West here to start it off. Uh, I'm going to go to number 20, Nathan Cherry. Uh, I don't know if this is a surprise to anybody, but I've liked Nathan Cherry for a while here. Uh, he showed great burst and bend off the edge, which is something that I really wanted to see from him. Uh, showed it in the one-on-ones, but then I think he also has the body, the body type and the size and strength to be able to bump inside and win reps inside as well. We saw him do it at the combine. He matched up on guys like Zach Fry, like his his own teammates, even Noah Zare and Rodin Brown, Peter Kazushka from his conference as well. Um, Nathan Cherry had himself a pretty decent day at the combine, especially when the pads came on. So he's a guy that I think will go in this draft. Um, I think probably safely, maybe this, maybe not safely, but within the first three rounds, I think we can assume. Um, I think he does have CFL size. I think he is athletic enough to play in the CFL. Uh, just It just is dependent on who needs D linemen and how quickly they're coming off the board. 
I've told you so. I've told you so. I've told you. There we go. Zach Palios, other guy. Uh, I mean, we warned you going into the East Regional. We warned you. And now this meteoric rise has occurred where he's not getting out of the second round. We had him initially as the territorial pick for the for the Red Blacks. And I don't think that's happening anymore. Something. No, he's gonna he's not gonna be there for the territorial pick. So if you want to get him, Ottawa, you better move fast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he showed he can play right tackle. He's played left tackle in his career. One of the best in the OUA as a rookie doing that. Uh, he's shown guard reps. He's shown tackle reps at the combine against top guys. Coachable. Freak of nature. Like, this guy is fast for an offensive lineman. Like, that's his 10-yard burst is great. Uh, not much else to say, though. I mean, the meteoric rise is spoken for itself speaks for itself yeah we warned you that's it yep yeah um couldn't have said anything more i won't say anything more zach palios wade told you so wade told everybody so i will leave it at that my guy off this list uh or second guy i guess i should say off this list um i don't know man i kind of i want to go daniel out of here but like it feels like i just don't know enough about him which is the intriguing part because he went out and blew me away at the combine. So yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Daniel Arboe here. A super intriguing prospect just because I, I, I quite truthfully, I need to watch a little bit more tape on him. Uh, I need to watch definitely more tape on him, but very intriguing. He moves well. He looks good. He's got a great, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. He's got like, he's got a, he's got great body composition. He looked really good in all the testing measurements at the, at the combine. And then, you know, he went out and did a lot of things really well in some of the special team situations and some of the one-on-one situations. You know, he, he showed that he's capable of coming out of the backfield, catching the ball, which is huge in the Canadian game. So I'm I'm very intrigued by Daniel Adeboe. Yeah. All right. Top 10 time. Samuel Emelis, Enoch McConzo, Trey Ford, Tyson Philpott, Jalen Philpott, Noah Zare, Deontay Knight, Tyrell Richards, and the scene ever guys, Jesse Lucchetta, John Mechie the third. So instead of instead of going two guys each this time, do we want to just like quickly go through the top 10 here? Do they all deserve their each each yeah. little bubble? I know, I know Samuel Emelis is your guy, so I will let you start it off. We're gonna start at number 10, go through these guys one at a time. Samuel Emelis, LA Tech, by way of UMass, by way of Vanier College. He is a freak. He did not have the production in his year at LA Tech, but his career at UMass was fantastic. He is everything that you want in a pro receiver. I just didn't have pro day numbers when we did our last mock draft. We got a message from someone that was like, hey, you should check out his pro day. Numbers just posted. I'm like, oh, okay, let's let's check these out. And I was like, oh, wow. He checks all the boxes that we were questioning. So uh, for Samuel Emelis, Marshall put together a spider graph for him. Second best pro day uh, or second best combine for a CFL receiver if he had done it at the CFL combine. Um, So very intrigued by him. I know that he's going to make an impact day one with whatever team he gets to. Uh, We'll move on now to number nine, Enoch McConzo. An absolute stud out of Coastal Carolina. What can't this guy do on a defense? I mean, we talked about Tyrell Richards lining up at every single position at his CFL combine. I guarantee you Enoch McConzo could do all of that as well. 
super intriguing prospect, moves well, nice hips. Uh, I like the versatility on him, which is going to be huge in CFL situations. I don't know exactly where he's going to fit in. Could he play some Sam? Absolutely. Uh, you know, could he play some half for sure? I don't necessarily know what the thought process is or, or exactly where he's going to fit into a CFL team. That is what camps are for. But I just know that whatever team takes Enoch McConzo, they're getting heads and tails, the best linebacker defensive back in this draft class. Yeah, I <laughs> he's he's a hybrid, true and true. Uh, number eight, Trey Ford. We'll skip. We've talked enough about Trey <laughs> we'll Ford. Skip. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> I mean, what do you? What else can you say? He runs I a four-four. He throws a ball sixty yards. He's got a great attitude about being the leader of any team. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Instead, instead of instead of talking about Trey Ford's attributes and why we like him, and for the umpteenth, umpteenth time. Um, team fit, team fit for Trey Ford. Give me your team fit. I think it's Calgary. I really Ooh. do. Oh, I like it. I do like that. I really do because Bo Levi Mitchell halfway out the door already. I honestly believe that he is just getting ready to transition more to the panel with TSN. Yep. Um, is Jake Merritt the guy? Do we we know the coaching staff likes him, but Trey Ford is a Canadian quarterback. They're a team that's given the most chances to Canadian quarterbacks. He's a Canadian quarterback with unique skills at that, and their offense could use some extra juice um, coming back this year. So that's my fit for him. I like it, and he can play a similar style of football to Bo Levi Mitchell. Like Bo Levi Mitchell gets a lot of offensive freedom, a lot of offensive creativity to. Uh, you know, to kind of go off script and, and do what he needs now, to do to get a play done. He's had to earn that. If we, if we are following that train, are you going with Ottawa as your team fit? Because their quarterback, Jeremiah Masoli, has made a career off of second chance plays and keeping plays alive. I do. I do really think that Ottawa is an interesting landing spot for Trey, Trey Ford to go, but I don't necessarily know if it is the landing spot. I'm going to stay with my initial pick. Uh, I think I'm going to stay with my initial pick. And I'm going to go with Hamilton, Hamilton for Trey Ford. Uh, I know in our, our initial mock draft, I had him going at eight. I had Trey Ford going in the first round. I don't know if that is necessarily going to happen. That might've been a little ambitious. Do I think he's skilled enough to be a first round pick? Absolutely. I just don't know if, you know, based on team needs, positional values, things like that, if, if he will end up a first round pick, but I think he's talented enough to be a first or to warrant being a first round pick for sure. But um, I'm going to drop him back. I think that, you know, especially should he get an NFL look, and this will be very much determined by what happens, you know, over the next after tonight, over the next few days. Um, but should his stock drop a little bit, I think we could see him go in that 17 range to Hamilton. Um, maybe I'm plagiarizing Marsh a little bit here, but I, I don't think it's out of the question at all. Why not? You know, we saw BC take a shot on a guy like Nathan Rourke, who, looks like he's going to be BC's future. Then they went out and doubled down and got Michael O'Connor. But Trey Ford, to me, why not put one of the best Canadian quarterbacks to come out of a Canadian university in quite some time in one of the biggest Canadian football cities in Canada? And at that, like not, not just purely from the, from the fan thing, like he is 
an incredible talent. I, I think there's a lot to work with there. I think he can execute the style of, you know, offense that Steinhauer is looking to execute with him. I agree. Make plays, uh, push the ball downfield. Next two guys, the Phil Potts, we're going to, we're going to skip on them too. Cause I mean, <laughs> like, what can you not say? I mean, they did have average combines, but average combine plus superb tape equals six and seven in the draft 100. Doesn't right? worry me at all. The, the combine stuff of them doesn't worry me. No. no. Uh, number five, Noah's there. Big body, tackle, guard, pin and pull, pull across the line. He's going to be able to do it all for you in your system. Uh, I'm extremely interested to see where he fills into the draft and how early he hears his name called. Yeah, it's an intriguing one to me. I mean, I know we did hear some noise and that he didn't have like this wowing combine and that maybe he looked a little bit robotic and and whatever, which is which is is totally fair, totally fine. But I still think at the end of the day, the long-term outlook of what you could get with Noah's air is worth, you know, having him for us, having him in our top five. And I think it's worth a, a first round pick in the CFL draft. Should they get there? I mean, Cody, we talked about it. Cody Fajardo was one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the CFL last season. Why not get some homegrown talent to go out there and protect your guy? Certainly a possibility. Number four, Deontay Knight. I mean, I was I was impressed with his ability to play on the interior after spending most of his career on the outside at Western. So he's certainly proved that he can be the most versatile defender on the line. But number three, Tyrell Richards competed with three different position groups. Number one overall pick. Yeah, that's 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 it. That's all we're saying. Number one overall pick, Tyrell Richards. Uh, Jesse Lucetta, number two, John Mechie, number one, see never guys. Peace uh, out. Have fun in the NFL. Yeah, honestly. Uh, there these, you go. these, these next are, uh, yeah, these last four guys, five guys, really. I mean, this whole like top 10, did we really need to spend <laughs> a segment on each guy? Maybe not, maybe not, but uh, I mean, we skipped we, half them. We did, we did. We've talked about a lot of these guys enough. Um, good point. <laughs> I think Deontay Knight is probably the best true defensive lineman in this class. Tyrell Richards, number one overall pick, Jesse Lucetta, John Mechie, see you never. Uh, back-to-back Cornish winner with John Mechie. So enjoy the NFL life. I wish you guys all the success. But that is it. That is our pre-draft top 100. Two editions of final edition. The final edition. Wade spent so much time tweaking this thing and getting it organized and getting it ready. So we can't thank him enough for all the hard work on that. Um, It's all about organizational skills. Dude. Color coding is key. Uh, well, it looks great. It looks great. <laughs> Can't wait to release it. It looks the same as the first one, but it's uh, very colorful. different positions. Um, but yeah, no, thank, thank you so much for doing that. But let's talk, I mean, before we wrap this episode up, let's talk a little bit. We talked a lot about these players and where we think they might fall in, you know, their position, their, sorry, their positional values and the rankings. But let's talk about the actual teams in the CFL drafting these players. What do we think that each of these teams need? Not necessarily like what players do we think they need or who we think they're going to draft, but just specifically looking at the team before we do get to our final mock draft next week as well that we're going to put out. Um, let's look at some positional fits before we do close this episode out. So do you want to start Edmonton with West? Elks. To go? I'm starting with Edmonton because there is Are we a going draft order here. No, we're going 
however we want, but I'm going Edmonton first because there is Wade's a Wade. massive need for D-line after losing yeah. Matthew Betts and Kwaku Boateng to ratio-breaking Canadian defensive linemen. They have hemorrhaged at that position all offseason. A guy like Tyrell Richards has proved he can do that in his collegiate career. It helps that they have number one overall pick to go and get him, but the Elks D-line badly. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree, especially, you know, they did address offensive line in the offseason a little bit. Went out and got some great – or went out and made a great signing at wide receiver, Kenny Lawler, obviously. Um, yeah, I, for me, it is definitely the defensive side of the ball. It's definitely at defensive line. Um, now, in the in the second round of this draft, should they go out and get a guy like Josiah Shackle? Awesome. Great pick. Yeah, so I, I think w- whether it's linebacker or defensive line, I, I certainly think defensive line or Tyrell Richards, for that matter, with the first overall pick. But then whether you come back in the second round with defensive line or linebacker, I still think you need to double down on addressing your front seven and get some pressure there. All right. Uh, BC, where do you think BC should go? Again, they did some things in the, the offseason that I really liked. I know um, you know, they did address defensive line a little bit in the offseason, getting Matthew Betts. But to that point, they were still one of these teams that created turnovers and created interceptions, but they didn't get to the quarterback. They had issues getting to the quarterback last season. Um, So I think we could see them go with a defensive lineman. Uh, I also know that, well, we also did kind of hear that um, wide receiver might be in play. (laughs) <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised to see them go with a fill pot either. They are from the BC area, but you know, I, I think they definitely need to throughout the draft, at least whether it's, you know, with their first pick or not um, maybe get some more pass rush help. Uh, and then, you know, beefing up your offensive line, taking care of Nathan Rourke, never a bad thing either. All right. See for me with Calgary. BC. No, I'm moving on to Calgary. See, moving on to Calgary. Now for me, I'm, I'm stuck, right? Because they need playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. They struggled last year because Bo Levi was hurt after getting hit a bunch. But at the same time, there's so many defensive players that could make a huge impact for them. I almost want to see them go DB first and then belly back to a receiver in the second round. I'm, I'm the opposite. See, I think receivers the number one thing for them. I think they have an opportunity to go out and get, you know, one of three very good wide receivers, take your pick on one of the fill pots. I do think picking at six in the first round, one of the fill pot brothers will be there for them. Um, and if you can't do that, then take a guy like Emelis who is equally as good. And then I think they can come back around in the second half of the draft and get a DB. Now they do pick in the second half of the draft uh, or sorry, in the second round of the draft, I should say, they pick 14th. They pick yeah. fifth overall in the second round. So what if a guy like Tyrell Ford is sitting there at fifth in the second round? Then you can get one of the Philpots and Tyrell Ford. That'd be fantastic. Um, so, yeah. That's I mean, a big yeah. if, though. <laughs> Let's move to Saskatchewan. We've already talked about this one, though. Offensive line is a huge need for them. Uh, on to Winnipeg, best player available for me. Like, just, just Yeah, what are they? Adding. Do they have a draft need? No. No, they just keep adding sensational talent at different positions. You'll find a way to work them in. 
uh, off to the Eastern Conference. Hamilton, I'm going back to the offensive line. It was such a mess last year. They couldn't get a rotation together to save their lives, and it ended up being one of their biggest downfalls uh, <laughs> in the Grey Cup. I want to see them address that, but at the same time, your D-line isn't getting any younger, right? Like, as great as Simone Lawrence was and should have been the defensive player of the year, he's still getting up there. Jaguar Davis, same kind of thing. So uh, I'd like to see them kind of get some more youth added on that defensive line. Yeah, I got to agree with you. For me, with Hamilton, the draft need is line. Take your pick of offensive or defensive, either either side of that ball. They lost, they lost some pieces as well. Darius Soraka is in Ottawa now too, right? I mean, they, they made some re-signings in the offseason, some extensions, but you're right. In that Grey Cup, offensive line was an issue. It was an issue for them all last season. So protect your guy, Dane Evans. There's a lot of good linemen available, offensive and yeah, you don't have an all-star backup quarterback now. So no. you need to protect your starter for once. Yes. Um, off to Toronto, I kind of want to see them just – add pieces on the defensive backs, right? Like they have some great international guys and uh, American players, but uh, across the O-line, they're pretty solid receiver. They are loaded quarterback. They're set linebacker. They doubled down with Kassar last year. Um, those guys will start to come up the D-line. We know how many guys they've brought in. Just kind of keep adding pieces on your back and you can never have too many DBs in case of injury. Yeah, for me, the logical move or the logical necessity for Toronto looking at the draft is DB. Um, even at that, you know, we saw them and how well it worked out. I guess a guy like Josh Haggerty come in and, and play well for them. So they they do have shown that they will take chances on Canadian DBs. Um, so, yeah, I, I think looking at the roster, looking at the way it's been built and addressed over the offseason uh, this year in the past season, DB is really the only spot, only need I can see for the Argos. Uh, Red Blocks stacked up at receiver. Finally, they offensive line. They beefed up parts of their O line, but at the same time, they lost Mark Cordy. So I understand where you went there. I was thinking more linebacker DB for them. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that as well. Um, we did see them take shots on on guys like Deshaun Stevens as well, and, and yeah, and Adam those guys Claire. will hopefully be coming up in the next year or so. So uh, you can kind of bank on some guys coming up from past drafts but you want to keep adding talent around it at the third pick of your Ottawa are you taking a fill pot at the third pick if I'm Ottawa I think that's what we mock you will find out in my mock draft next week wow no spoilers no, no spoilers tease, Connor. blink <laughs> blink once for yes blink twice for no they can't see it there's no video blink three times for You'll find out next week on Mock Draft Monday. Um, but no, uh, in terms of Montreal now, anyone from Quebec? Is that yeah, pretty draft? much. That's pretty much the draft strategy. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> what position of French players do you see the outlets going with, though? I think they need a true star on the defensive end, the defensive back end. For them, so in their secondary, I think I think if he's available, you want someone to pair with Marc Antoine Decroix. Yeah, yeah, I do, I and I think if he's available, you need to take the swing on Enoch McConzo. Uh, I think so too. I I really do. I think that's it's a guy that you can just slide in at Sam. It's such a natural fit. How many years? For the last how many years? How like what am I? 
for the last how many years, how long or how many times have we said that Montreal needs to address the back end of their defense? Three years in a row. Which Man. they have started to. They have They've started, started to, to, but then they they lost they lost one of their rotational starters in Ty Cran in free agency because they didn't pick up the phone. I don't know. It's uh it's tough, but I mean Atlantic Schooners. Do we have a uh, draft need for the Atlantic team? <laughs> a stadium. A stadium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Place to closes, play. <laughs> that closes out the draft 100 second edition. Uh, we will catch you guys next week with mock draft Monday. Uh, hopefully, uh, it goes well for certain players. Connor, I know we'll have a brand new mock draft to go through. Uh, so we can't wait to bring that one to you guys. Super excited. Super excited. I can tell you two things. Trey Ford and Gavin Cobb won't be as high as they were. That was ambitious. That was very ambitious. <laughs> uh, also, if you want to bet on some NBA playoffs, like Connor has been, uh, go ahead and do that over at Cool Bet Canada. They have lines, daily boosted odds as well. Uh, they really are excited for this Raptors and Leafs playoff time is Close as the Raptors are to being eliminated, they are not quite done. Uh, but the NHL playoffs will be starting soon as well. So make sure you head over to Cool Bet Canada to check out the best gambling company in the country. Also, if you want to check out the worldwide leader in Whistle Tech, head over to fox40shop.com, enter the code CFP15, and you can get 15% off all your whistle needs. They also have merch, coaching boards, and much more. So head over. Check them out, fox40shop.com, CFP15 at checkout for 15% off. I think that's it. I think we're out. That is it. That concludes the episode. That concludes our week. Again, go back and check out those daft episodes. It was a lot of fun to get in there and do that. Also, huge daily news episode with VA. That was a lot of fun. So go back and check that one out. Those daily special episodes or daily, those daily news episodes have been a treat to open up and listen to over the weekends. Um, so those have been awesome. Thanks so much to Mike Daly for doing that with us. Um, the VA yeah, episode was sweet. The CFP yeah. right there with Mike Daly. Man, so go back and check that one out. VA, Vernon Adams Jr. Stop quarterback in the CFL. I'm willing